tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. It's December 4th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Wright Report, your daily news podcast. I've got three briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, the latest out of the Middle East with more U.S. sailors and ships coming under fire, plus more cyber attacks to tell you about inside the United States. Second, there is a battle erupting between the richest man in the world, Elon Musk, and America's advertisers. I'll explain what is going on and why you should care. Third, important updates for you about the illegal migration crisis, all from the state of Texas this morning, with one update that could profoundly change both the debate and the future of this country. Later, a personal reflection today about a Supreme Court case that you are no doubt going to hear about this week regarding opiates. I'll share my journey with injury, pain, pain management, and why medical science now thinks that there is a better way to handle suffering than pharmaceutical pills. I'll tell you about it. But first, let's get to our top stories of the morning. The government of Iran and its partner groups in terror attacked a U.S. warship and multiple commercial vessels over the weekend. Folks, that is a major escalation and one that will challenge the White House's current policy of telling Iran and its proxy groups just don't do it. Because, well, they are doing it, including again over the weekend. So here's what we know. The USS Kearney came under attack yesterday by Iran's rebel partners based in Yemen. They're called the Houthis. They took credit for the attack late yesterday after a five-hour assault. The Houthis said that they did it, by the way, in defense of, quote, our brothers in the Gaza Strip, end quote. No reports yet of casualties of any U.S. sailors or Marines, but the Pentagon is expected to provide additional details in the next number of hours. In the meantime, we know that the USS Kearney had been in the Red Sea shooting down drones and cruise missiles fired by those Houthis, mostly directed at Israel or its commercial ships. But the attack yesterday was a direct assault on a U.S. naval asset, with the last public attack acknowledged anyway, all the way back in 2016 under then-President Obama and then-Vice President Biden. At that time, the Houthis tried to sink the USS Mason, amongst other naval assets, Also important to know this morning, the Houthis were labeled a terrorist organization under the Trump administration, but Mr. Biden reversed that decision as one of his very first acts as president in 2021. I should also note that yesterday's attack came hours after the Iranians also flew a drone over the USS Eisenhower in the Persian Gulf. Though the drone did not fire on the strike group, the U.S. Navy called it unprofessional. Moving on to other developments out of the Middle East this morning, the war in the Gaza Strip has started anew. That is because the Palestinian terror group Hamas violated the ceasefire with the Israelis, at least based on assessments by the U.S., Europe, and the Israelis, as you would imagine. Well, as you would also expect, Hamas argues that they did not violate the ceasefire, but nevertheless, Israel has launched new air assaults and some ground operations in mostly southern Gaza as of this morning. The city of Khan Yunus is of initial focus. 
The Israelis are telling Palestinians in that city to go further south to the other city uh, that is known as Rafah. That city shares a border with Egypt, and that is almost certainly going to put pressure on officials in the capital city of Cairo, who have so far refused to accept any Palestinian refugees. And that's because Egypt fears that many of these Palestinians embrace radical Islam and will then terrorize what is known as the Sinai Peninsula. Nevertheless, this renewed attack by the Israelis against Hamas will come as very bad news for, amongst others, the White House. And that's because over the past five days, Biden's team told the Israelis that in no uncertain terms, they should avoid escalation and do not repeat the widespread damage that they caused in the north. Biden's team also pushed the Israelis to change their overall strategy to use fewer airstrikes, more ground operations, and ultimately narrow the scope of targets, sparing especially the hospitals, for instance. Although that is a bit of an awkward request, Israel released more video over the weekend showing Hamas's tunnel networks were not only under the hospitals, but also elementary schools, playgrounds, and mosques. In all, 800 tunnel shafts have been found by the Israeli forces, 500 of them destroyed, and miles and miles of tunnels have been either collapsed by explosives or otherwise filled. Next, let's talk about this issue of hostages. Hamas continues to say that they don't know how many hostages are still alive, how many they have still, and where they might be. Part of the reason that Hamas is claiming this is because they apparently gave some of the hostages to other terror groups like Islamic Jihad, and it is they who have those hostages or their bodies. For what it's worth, Israeli intelligence says that there are 137 people probably still alive with the bodies of 13 held in Hamas's tunnel networks. Amongst this group of 137 are eight or so Americans, at least according to the White House. Spokesman John Kirby said yesterday that he's not entirely sure of the number, but probably eight, and they are probably being held somewhere in one of the tunnel networks. It's just unclear if they are alive or dead. Meanwhile, we are also learning more about the 108 hostages that have been released so far by Hamas, and details are pretty awful. Some of these hostages were branded like cattle to mark them just in case they ever escaped. That includes kids, by the way. They were also drugged to keep them quiet or compliant, and they were removed frequently so they couldn't be found. Next, they were forced to watch videos of the October 7th terror attacks, watching the slaughter of their friends and family. Of course, they were tortured, shot, or in one case, the folks had to watch a very horrific video of a baby being baked in an oven. Finally, it wasn't just Hamas who targeted or tortured these hostages who have been released. Palestinian civilians did the same. For instance, a 12-year-old hostage has reported that he was beaten by a mob of Palestinians shortly after he was kidnapped and he was being transported to the tunnel networks. Thankfully, he did survive to tell that story. For what it's worth, some Palestinians who were released from Israeli jails as part of this hostage swap, they say that sometimes the Israelis tortured them too. For instance, they said uh, the Israelis took their blankets and food from them uh, as a form of punishment on occasion. Uh, Sometimes also the Israeli prison guards would allow muzzled dogs to bark at them or approach them. Uh, Sometimes uh, these uh, Palestinian folks said that they were hit with sticks as well. One other piece to note on this issue of how civilians are treating each other this morning. The Wall Street Journal is reporting a dramatic uptick in violence by Israeli settlers against Palestinians specifically in the West Bank. 
About a thousand Palestinians have been forced from their homes by angry or vengeful Israeli settlers who said that they want to take more land or just simply beat them up as an act of revenge. Next, an update on how Israel is moving forward with its military operations, and it involves artificial intelligence. And to understand the, the potency of this wartime AI, let me give you this fact. In past years, Israeli targeting teams could identify about 50 Hamas targets per year. But now with AI, they're identifying 100 targets per day. And it is all because of an AI system that they are calling the gospel. Exact details are classified about this AI system. But here's the upshot. This AI-infused computer system is processing pictures, video feeds, captured emails, phone calls, all at the speed and processing power of AI. It's then comparing that data to the 30 to 40,000 known or suspected Hamas fighters in the Gaza Strip. And from that mix of intel and potential targets, the gospel comes up with 100 targets per day. About half of those are eventually hit. And that is why two months after the October terror attacks, Israeli forces say that they have eliminated more than 12,000 targets. It also helps us understand the widespread destruction that we've seen so far in the north of Gaza and frankly are likely to see in the south as well. And speaking of AI and all things cyber, I've got an update for you regarding last Wednesday's brief on Iran. Quick refresh there. Iranian cyber teams attacked a water facility in Pennsylvania. No harm was done. No water was affected. But as it turns out, that facility was not the only one hit. The Biden administration briefed Congress late Thursday that there were upwards of 10 water facilities all across the country that were hacked, with the culprit of each of those called the Iranian Cyber Avengers. By the way, once the uh, hackers took control, the computer screens read this, quote, you have been hacked down with Israel. Every equipment made in Israel is a legal target, end quote. U.S. cyber officials are now issuing urgent warnings to states and companies all across America who use these same systems, all made by an Israeli firm and often used in the fields of energy, food, and healthcare. And that takes us to our final update of the morning regarding issues in the Middle East. Although this one's a little closer to home, it's about politics. American Muslim organizers have announced a new initiative called Abandon Biden. They've launched a multi-state effort in Michigan, Minnesota, Arizona, Wisconsin, Florida, Georgia, Nevada, and Pennsylvania. And their message to their fellow Muslims is this. Do not vote for Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. Leave that part of your ballot blank when you go to vote next fall. That is according to leaders of the movement who met on Saturday in Dearborn, Michigan to launch the effort. And they made it pretty darn clear what they're going to do next. Quote, we are going to constantly work together to ensure that Muslim Americans will come out in all of these states and that Mr. Biden will lose each and every one of them, end quote. One of the organizations involved in this effort, by the way, is called the Council on American Islamic Relations, or CARE. For those unaware, countries like the UAE have branded this organization as a terror outfit, given their affiliation with Hamas and the Muslim Brotherhood. For the record, CARE denies their connections to those terror organizations and to radical Islam in general. So those are the latest facts and data this morning coming to us out of the Middle East. Let me now pivot to my analysis and opinion. First, let's step back for a second and just take in the big picture. And here's what I see. You and I are living in one of the most dangerous times in modern American history. 
And this morning's news shows us at least two reasons for why that's true. First and fundamentally, our adversaries no longer fear us. And we see that this morning coming to us from the Red Sea and those attacks against the USS Kearney, right? Iran and its terror partners continue to attack us because they think they can get away with it. They see Biden and his team as weak. We also see this in the homeland, right? Iran is increasing their cyber attacks because they don't fear any consequences. So that's the first. Our adversaries are not afraid of us. Second, we face enemies that are not only foreign, but if I may, domestic. Right? Remember back on October 23rd, when I told you about the poll of Muslim Americans that showed a strong majority of those folks support either the terror group Hamas or the terror attacks against Israel. The split was about 60% in favor and 40% opposed. And it is now that group that the White House is chasing, but not out of the country, rather for political support. They need them to win the presidency. And that is why you see this abandoned Biden movement. And I tell you, it's going to grab some serious attention, certainly in the White House. So bottom line, folks, we live in a very dangerous era and you have a very clear choice. You can decide next November if this is the America that you deserve or if you and your ancestors have fought for something else. More to come. With that this morning, let's take our first break. For subscribers listening at rightreport.substack.com, thank you. Meanwhile, for my other loyal listeners, gosh, thank you so much. You have my gratitude as well. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, we all know that good meals equal a good, healthy body. And that's why I continue to tell you about factormeals.com. They're the folks that deliver fresh, never frozen meals right to your doorstep. All you do is open the box and within two minutes of heating, they are ready to enjoy. And boy, do you have a lot to enjoy. You've got 35 different meal options to choose from every week from things like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, even vegetarian foods if that's your cup of tea. And we are talking about good food for breakfast, lunch, dinner, plus grab and go snacks and cold pressed juices, shakes and smoothies. By the way, I've got two recommendations for you. Their pork chops are top shelf, and I also love the mango smoothies. So there you go. But seriously, folks, I love Factor Meals. They are the perfect option for either very busy folks like me or retired folks who want good, healthy meals but don't want the fuss of cooking. So support the folks who support me and get Factor Meals right now at 50% off. Yeah. So here's how you do it. Go to factormeals.com slash right five zero. That's W-R-I-G-H-T five zero and get 50% off. Yes, that's code right five zero at factorymeals.com slash right five zero and get your 50% off. But I'll tell you, more importantly, you are going to get a meal service, my friends, that is good for your body and great for your taste buds. I promise. My friends, for the past few months, you have heard me talk about Jace Medical. It's the company that provides you medication for emergency use like antibiotics. Also, they get you backup prescriptions for things like cholesterol, diabetes, and blood pressure. And here's why I love Jace Medical so much. If you are a farming or a ranching family or you live in the back 40, it is pretty tough to get a hold of a doctor, to travel to the appointment, get the prescription, you fill it, and so forth. But with Jace Medical, all you have to do is fill out a simple online form and in some cases have a quick call with one of their board certified physicians. And then you get the medication right in the mail. 
You also get ongoing care from Jace Physicians about any treatment-related questions, which is fantastic. In other words, folks, you get peace of mind, you get convenience, and you get an emergency supply of medicines no matter where you are. And that is great for a lot of people, rural families, folks who are traveling, or those of us who might be a little bit anxious these days about our unpredictable world, and you might prefer to have an emergency supply of medicines on hand. And that's kind of smart. So do what I've done. Go to jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Enter that promo code right. W-R-I-G-H-T is the spelling. And when you do, you will get a right report discount. Again, my friends, go to jacemedical.com, promo code right, and get the supply of medicines you need, folks, shipped straight to your door. Well, fall is officially here, and that means it's time for jackets and sweaters and blankets, too. And I'm getting all of mine from American Giant. Yeah, they make clothes and other textiles right here in America. None of that Chinese stuff. Folks, American Giant has it all. Hoodies, polos, jeans, jackets, and yes, blankets. All made in America and all top quality products. And I'm telling you, the moment that you touch this stuff, the second that you put it on, you just know that these products are top shelf. I've got a jacket and a hoodie and they are amazing. And here's the best news from my perspective anyway. American Giant is not just some company making stuff. It's seamsters and cutters and factory workers, your neighbors in towns and cities all across this country who are reopening factories to make you products that you can be proud of. It's about purpose and people, ladies and gentlemen. So do what I've done. Join me in buying clothes from American Giant. And if you do, I'm going to save you a bunch of money, 20% off your first order. Holy cow. So here's how you do it. Go to American-Giant.com. Once you are there, you can choose from their many categories of awesome clothes and products. And when you check out, use promo code RIGHT. That's W-R-I-G-H-T. And you're going to get that 20% off your first order. So what are you waiting for? Come on now. Let's fill up our wardrobes. Get your fall and winter clothes, ladies and gentlemen, right now at American-Giant.com. Just use that promo code RIGHT and get 20% off. So let's go to American-Giant.com and let's make America giant. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our briefs this morning with a pivot towards domestic news. And we start this segment with something that you might not know. 13% of Americans get their news from Twitter, now known as X. So compare that percentage of 13 to America's print newspapers, which reach only 7% of us. In other words, what happens to and on Twitter, or X, is quite important to not only the news, but what you and I think of it. And that takes us to our update. Major U.S. advertisers, including Walmart, Disney, Apple, and others, have all announced that they will no longer advertise on X because they accused the owner, Mr. Elon Musk, of making anti-Semitic remarks several weeks ago. Mr. Musk has clarified a post rejecting anti-Semitism, but the damage from his original post, according to the critics, well, the damage has already been done. Advertisers should leave him. Well, Musk is now saying that if this uh, advertising boycott by Walmart, Disney, and others continues, it's going to kill his company. And that would mean 13% of Americans will need to go to, well, somewhere else, other social media platforms, for instance, like Facebook, to get their news. But if that happens, they are going to see more than news. And that takes us to, well, 
actually a warning, right? Listener discretion is advised for this next piece of news. It involves some very difficult and frankly, very adult topics. So here we go. According to an investigation by the Wall Street Journal from both June and again late last week, the social media platforms Facebook and Instagram, owned by the parent company Meta, they are connecting a global network of pedophiles to each other to share images, videos, and even swap out their own kids. As the journal showed, it is not just that pedophiles are using these platforms, but rather that the algorithms themselves of Facebook and Instagram are actually programmed to promote this stuff and create and connect all the related accounts. Now, I'm not going to go into details here because it's just disgusting, but for subscribers on Substack, paid or unpaid, I am going to unlock today's episode because I want you to click on the links in the transcript and I want you to read about the investigations. Just to clarify for folks who've never done it before, the, the links are the underlined words. You just click on it and that'll take you to the original source website. But just fair warning, it's vile. But nevertheless, we need to know about it and we need to talk about it. For folks who are unable to dig into this investigation, let me just offer you one small sanitized example of what the journal found. When investigators saw and flagged a pedophilia for Facebook's content moderators, well, they got a response back saying that the pedophilia did not violate their community standards. Hmm. Eventually, Facebook and its parent company, Meta, took down the content, but only after public outrage. Finally, one more thing for you to know. Most of the companies that are leaving Twitter or X because of the allegation of anti-Semitism, they continue to advertise on Facebook and Instagram, despite knowing that there is a rampant pedophilia problem. So those are the facts and data this morning regarding this ongoing social media fight between ex-owner Elon Musk and some of America's biggest corporations. Just one quick piece of analysis and opinion. Disney's CEO, a guy named Bob Iger, was interviewed about why he dropped his company's advertising on X, and he said that he didn't want to associate Disney with anti-Semitic views. Okay, that is certainly laudable in the general sense, but it's pretty curious that Disney and others in corporate America are apparently fine with advertising on platforms that actually encourage pedophilia. It's really built into their algorithms. Now, to be fair, it is true that Meta has teams that try to ferret out some of this stuff. And it is also true that trying to find and remove these ever sneaky pedophiles is very hard. Obviously, evil is hard to find and defeat. But it is curious, I think, that Disney can be so sensitive about one category of righteous outrage, anti-Semitism, and yet far less outraged about something else like pedophilia, especially in Disney's case. All right, that seems important to both understand and frankly to ask more questions about. And we should. And that's why I will be watching how this plays out and we'll bring you the latest as we get more details. In the meantime, not that I needed to say it, but let's just go ahead and say it. Watch your kids, ladies and gentlemen, as ever and as always when they use their phones or computers. Because yes, we all know that these social media platforms can be just an absolute garbage dump of humanity. But in the case of Instagram and Facebook... It appears that the, the trash there, if I may, is actually being promoted by these horrific algorithms. That is both vile and dangerous. Users be warned. Next up, we pivot now to other domestic news. This one is related to America's ongoing migration crisis. 
So three big pieces of news from Texas this morning to tell you about. The first two involving U.S. courts blocking attempts to stop illegal migrants. First up, on Friday, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled two to one that the state of Texas must remove the floating buoys that they had placed on the Rio Grande to stop or slow illegals from crossing the border. The Biden White House had sued Texas to stop the use of those barriers, saying that they blocked navigation and they presented a humanitarian concern. Texas Governor Greg Abbott said that he was disappointed with that ruling and he will appeal. Next up, late Thursday, another U.S. court ruled that the razor wire that Texas had put along the border with Mexico, that could come down, saying that the federal government had the authority to remove it. And that is what the Biden White House plans on doing. Unless, of course, the state of Texas prevails in its appeal. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton plans to do just that. Third and finally, the governor of Texas plans to sign into law something called Senate Bill 4. The law is set to come into force in March. And here's what it's going to address. As of right now, if an illegal migrant crosses into this country, obviously illegally, through Texas, the only thing that the state can do is charge that person with trespassing on private property. But SB 4 or Senate Bill 4 will change that. Starting in March, if a Texas police officer has probable cause to believe a person crossed the Rio Grande illegally into Texas, that person will be charged with a Class B misdemeanor. And that serious misdemeanor carries a, a punishment of up to six months in jail. Additionally, if the person who gets caught has been previously convicted of entering Texas illegally, the second charge can be increased to punishment of two to 20 years in prison. Now, I should note that the bill does allow a judge to drop the charges if a migrant agrees to return to Mexico. So here's why this is such a big deal. When an illegal migrant applies for asylum, their applications are automatically rejected if they have a criminal history, like a, a serious misdemeanor or a felony. So if Texas moves forward with this and starts charging or convicting illegals, an untold number of these asylum seekers will face immediate expulsion, at least on paper. In other words, it's a tool, a, a form of leverage. And that is why leftist immigration activists are absolutely outraged at this SB4 law. They promise to fight it. For what it's worth, the Biden White House has so far said nothing about SB4, but analysts predict that most Democrats will be opposed. So let's put this on our radars. It could be a very important tool if it is upheld by the courts. Probably it'll end up in the Supreme Court. One uh, loophole to mention, though. If illegals, of course, go through California, Arizona, or New Mexico, they are going to get in scot-free. And that's because immigration activists say that the Democrat governors in those states most certainly will not create or enforce bills like SB4. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. It's a personal reflection today with something that you might not know about me. So a little over 10 years ago, I was in a pretty nasty accident. I broke both of my legs, one very seriously. I was in a wheelchair for a while. I had to face the very unhappy choice of either keeping my leg or amputating it, which was not a fun process. And while I chose to keep my leg, it came with a pretty serious consequence. Pain, a lot of it for years. And I'll, look, I'm not alone in facing this challenge of pain. About 20% of America suffers from chronic pain. 
And that creates a major challenge for people like me. How do you manage that pain? How do you enjoy your life when you hurt so much? Well, some doctors for years now have encouraged the use of things like opiates with some pretty horrific results. Addiction, as most of us know, has skyrocketed in this country. In fact, today, the Supreme Court will hear a case against opiate manufacturer Purdue Pharma and the Sackler family who owns it. There's a $6 billion bankruptcy settlement at stake that'll be discussed today. Well, with those headlines back in the news, I wanted to share an alternative to the Sackler family's pills. And the field of medicine is joining me in this next call to action about pain. It's all about exercise. And here's why. What science is now discovering, or frankly rediscovering, is that being inactive tends to reinforce pain sensitivity pathways in the nervous system. In other words, by sitting or avoiding movement, certainly in the medium to long term, you actually make the pain worse. And this understanding or rediscovery, it is a big change in the way that modern medicine views pain and pain management. In fact, just six years ago, there was a study of studies that showed that most doctors actually encouraged people like me, chronic pain sufferers, to avoid movement and remain mostly sedentary for the long haul. And that is terrible medical advice. So what is better? Well, just move in whatever way that works for you. Whether that be walking, weightlifting, gardening, yoga, tai chi, just moving the body with whatever limitation you might have, that helps the body with things like inflammation, bone density, and that nerve pathway pain. Speaking of the nervous system, by the way, movement is also about tricking the mind. There is some brilliant data involving doctors telling patients that a particular exercise would help lessen pain, even though that wasn't necessarily true. But as it turns out, if patients believe the doctor, then it helped with pain. In other words, it's the placebo effect. But hey, who cares if it was a mind trick? It worked. And that actually matches my experiences and actually what a doctor told me once when I was going through my mini surgeries. And his advice in short was this, Brian, strong people are harder to kill. So keep moving and stay strong. And he was right. Pretty simple advice, actually. By the way, he also offered me this, which I'll pass on to you. Start slow, warm up, and find exercises that you just enjoy doing. And also, if you can't get motivated at first, get a workout buddy or grab your dog. Have them partner along with you on your walks or as you go to the gym. And if your pain is worse two hours after you finish exercising than it was before you started, you probably overdid it. My doctor would tell me, just dial it back a little bit the next time. So the point, folks, is this. Today, you'll probably see headlines about opiates and that Sackler family pumping us full of opiates for pain management. And maybe that will cause some anxiety if you are dealing with chronic pain and putting some of those pills inside your body this morning. Judgment aside, just know that the data show that exercise is a great replacement for that stuff. And I know, look, trust me, at first, it's hard to get going. I've been there. But once you do, what I'll tell you and what the data will tell you is this you're going to feel better, and ultimately, you will hurt a lot less. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.